Welcome to Chemo Glow, where the glow doesn't define me. I define the glow. Like I have this big grin on my face right now. Every time I say that statement, I really mean it. The glow doesn't define me. I define the glow. Normally, guys, I do an intro from a moment in the past to represent the present. But this guest that I have on just reminded me why I'm doing what I'm doing. She talks about having moving mountain faith. Think about that. That's deep. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace. guys, this is Regina with Chemo Glow, and I am speaking with a dear friend of mine. I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we're going to talk about this thing called Chemo Glow. Hi, my name is Takara, and I am a five-year survivor. Yes, Um, it's been five years. Yes, five years. Five years. How long have we known each other? I want to say we met probably about Four or five years before I was diagnosed. So, so I want to say we've known each other for about, about nine, ten, years nine years or so, years. nine or ten years. Because yeah. I've been married, oh my goodness, for nine years. Yeah. So I met you through our girl C, Miss mm-hmm. Cassandra, who I hope to have on this podcast soon. Um, so we met that long ago. How did we meet again? Like, I know we met through Cassandra. We were on a girl's trip. So Cassandra's annual girls trip that she right. plans, and we met. We were in the mountains. Yes, I remember it so well. <laughs> um, great weekend as always. We just recently went on one. I, say. <laughs> I forgot. We just came off a memorable weekend, and it yeah. actually has probably been that long mm-hmm. since I've been on one because when yeah. I. Um, was married, I was diagnosed, and my last weekend that I went on one, I was actually coming out of chemo, and my hair was growing back. So yeah. I met you before then, and mm-hmm. then after that, my hair was growing back, and then I had a couple of hiccups, so I was able to enjoy the best one yet. Yes. <laughs> so yes. tell me a little bit about how the glow has affected you. And when I say the glow, I mean just um, being diagnosed. Um, with cancer, if you had any experience with it um, beforehand, because I know you and your sister helped me out um, when I was going through. Your your guys were so kind to me when I was going through. So just as a friend, when you hear another friend say, hey, I have cancer, how does that affect you? And I, you know, I just recently went through this. Yes. Um, I think it makes you, it deepens your understanding of why you went through it, right? Mm-hmm. I think when you're first diagnosed, you always, and everyone I've ever talked to who's been diagnosed has said the same thing. You're always, um, you always immediately think about, you know, why me? Why, mm-hmm. why was, why do I have this? Why not someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a little bit of time and it's part of the whole process before you get to that point where you're like, I went through this 
speak so I could be a blessing to someone else. Um, yeah. And I really do believe that. And, and like I said, it takes time to get there, but you eventually reach that point, especially when you look and see the lives that you're touching and the individuals who are touched by your story and how your um, your journey helps someone else along the way as well. So I'm, I would definitely say that's what I think about I'm when I hear those finding words. finding that out that that's the reason why I do the podcast. That's why I mm-hmm. do the globe, simply because I don't know who I'm going to touch or who's going to give me a call or who I need to go to a doctor's appointment with or just who I need to let somebody scream and say whatever they want. But there has yes. to be a purpose in this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 39. 39. And yes. tell me how that went. So I actually, it actually started back in April of 2014. Mm-hmm. I had gone in for um, a mammogram and I actually was going to a new um, OBGYN doctor or um, gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And she basically said she'd like to get a baseline for all her patients who were over 35. Oh. So I went in for a mammogram um, and that was April and they saw a spot then, but they were, they were basically were like the radiologist was Basically, like, um, I don't think it's anything. We're going to give it about six months and come back in. Uh Well, in October of 2014, I went to Jamaica to celebrate my best friend's 40th birthday. And so as when I was there, I actually was in the shower Mm -hmm. and I started feeling my left breast and I could feel a bump. And I was like, oh, I'm going back. I don't think it's anything. I'm not going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So um, shortly after I got back, um, that was about mid-October, I went in for a follow-up mammogram. And when I went in for that follow-up mammogram, I made the mistake of going alone don't know I will never do that again and I'll (laughs) advise anyone to not do that but I went alone and after about being there I want to say about 15-20 minutes they you know they started the the initial mammogram and then they start they went and did the ultrasound where they actually put the gel on your breast and um put the scanner on there but Mm -hmm. I was there for like 45 minutes so Steve my husband is like texting me and I can't respond I'm like oh my gosh what's going on and so I would say probably about 15 minutes after that they came the radiologist came in and said they wanted to do a biopsy they found two spots they found one in my left breast and then two in my right uh-huh. and they wanted to biopsy those so of course I left there in tears yes no one there with me so oh, I wow. finally was able to call Steve and tell him about it so um it just was stressful yeah it's stressful Mm -hmm. so um interesting thing though the weekend before i had my biopsy so my biopsy was done on a monday um and i always get the date wrong but it was sometime the week of november 13th in 2014 but that weekend before that i had gone to a conference for church Uh in the mountains um at lake jenalaska and while there, um, the conference basically thing was about going deeper with God, which I thought was so interesting in the timing of it. Um, mm-hmm. Great conference. I walked out of there just feeling confident and just ready for whatever was going to whatever God had for me. Mm-hmm. So that Monday I went in for um, the biopsy. Um, my manager at that time, who was amazing, told me to stay home until I got the results. So I worked from home. And I remember Wednesday morning, I was on a conference call. <clears throat> and um, it was around 10, a little after 10. Mm-hmm. And I saw the phone number come across from um, the radiologist. And so mm-hmm. I answered the phone. And she was like, unfortunately, 
And so as soon as you hear the word, unfortunately, yes. everything else she said after that, I was like, I'm going to need you to repeat it because mm-hmm. I, I laughed for a minute. And, you know, after then, everything's full speed ahead. I had a um, breast navigator the same day. Uh-huh. They were already making appointments. Um, so that's basically how it how it all went down. Now, was your um, husband home when you received the phone call? He was not. And okay. so I immediately called him uh-huh. and um, he came home from work. Um, you know, my second phone call was to my twin sister, yeah. of course. Um, and then with my other brothers and sisters, what I did is that I actually told the spouses. So I did not tell my brothers and sisters directly because I don't know if you've experienced it, but I feel like that's the hardest thing to say to someone it is. because was- you're thinking about. Like you're already usually when you're telling someone you've already received the news, you've kind of processed it and you're you're working through it, right? But then to have to go to someone and say, and say I it. have cancer. Several like, times. I made that it is, where, yeah. I made it it's where hard. my husband was the one. And now mm-hmm. I see how hard that had to be on him to mm-hmm. tell everybody. But you're yeah. still trying to process it and you're still mm-hmm. trying to um, you know, make you know come to terms with it and have mm-hmm. to keep repeating it makes it real and yes. it's already real but it's like how many times going to repeat it and then you don't know what they're going to say or do and right I'm now you don't be. have the energy to mm-hmm. take on anybody's crying anybody you barely making it so you told the spouses that's interesting okay yeah all right. And so I had the spouses tell the brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I did. The only other person that I did tell was my dad and my stepmom. Okay. Um, and just, I think for me, the hardest thing was I was still processing it. And I just was thinking about the other people and how they were going to feel when I told them. How, mm-hmm. how sad they would be. How worried they would be. You know, you kind of... You, in, I think in the beginning, you kind of take those energies in from other mm-hmm. people. But as you're going through the process, you learn that you have to release those energies because you have to make yourself the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, How hard was that for you? Let people deal with that. Um, I would say very hard because I'm just the, like a caretaker by uh-huh. heart. Like mm-hmm. by, that's just my nature. So I think for me, it was hard getting to the point of okay. Sakara, this is your journey. You're going to have to figure this out. And there are going to be people that are going to be upset. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, um, they're going to say things that they, you probably wouldn't expect them to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have to remain, I guess, focused on the outcome and your well-being, right? That's, that's what's top at the top of the list. Okay. And then for me, I have two children. So yes. they were younger, you know, it's been five years. So um, Jordan he's 17 now so he was 11 12 and then Lawrence 12 now so she was about the six or seven range right so for me the three my husband and the two of them were the most important people at that point Mm -hmm. that I was concerned about like I wanted to know how they were feeling what they were processing how they were dealing with it and so that had you know me and them became my focus they were that was what was number one on my list well, who was your inner, like your inner circle? Once you, you were starting to process it, who was that inner circle that you utilized or pulled from to help you through the process? I would definitely say you, <laughs> number one. Well, thank you. <laughs> the one who came down from Raleigh <laughs> to take me and go with me to my, or Durham to go with me to my appointment. I am so grateful 
I mean, you have touched the number of lives, but I am truly grateful for for the role you served in my life. Um, I would say my twin sister, like uh-huh. she was good to talk to. Yes. Um, Steve, of course. Yes. I mean, he should have been right there with Look, you. Your from husband that standpoint. is amazing. And yeah, he keeps he... a clean house too. I cannot. <laughs> I'm like, who's cooking and cleaning? This is next to godliness. <laughs> he, he had a clean house. I was just happy that y'all let me get in the car with y'all. And ride with you. And we fed you. Remember and, we fed you. And y'all fed me. <laughs> I was like, okay, when's your next appointment? Because I need to be I'm here. I'm coming to eat. I'm coming to and eat. What's crazy and what's crazy is I met too. you met through, you know, I met you through mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that we um had a great relationship that you would call mm-hmm. on was amazing for me. Like yeah. you it truly touched me when I was like, Okay, it's hard to hear that a friend has cancer. But mm-hmm. um my journey can't be in vain. Yeah. So you were, you were about it. to say something? I was going to say two of my dad and my stepmom. Oh, so yeah. they were very integral after my first surgery. Uh-huh. They, um, Steve was out for a few days, about a week or so from work. And then he had to go back and I was out for eight weeks. So the first four weeks are pretty, you know, you're, I wasn't very mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not spend the night, but they would stay late, like uh-huh. 11, 12, and they'd be back over in the morning. My dad's a cooker. So I never <laughs> lost my appetite through this whole process. Oh, wow. So And so he cooked. I had great meals. Great meals every day. <laughs> I also had a meal train, too. But I, had I was going to say, you, you definitely <laughs> had the meal train. Now, um, is it your stepmother? Is she the one that could, can bake that pistachio cake? Who baked No, it? that's Nakara's. That's my twin sister's um, mother-in-law. Let me say all of y'all okay. come through. Let me tell you, when I was in treatment and just so happened your sister lived around the corner down the street yes. and knew yes. my husband before I knew my husband. Um, and you guys would bring me food, make sure I had what I needed. Like, again, the connection was so strong. Um, so, yeah, you you have a cooking fl- family. You, you, you yes, do. yes. And I got it in my jeans, too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all do. So, with going, what was your treatment? So, what, 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 were, you, what were your treatments? So when I went in for that first appointment and you were there with me, Mm -hmm. um, they basically went through uh, my diagnosis Mm -hmm. and kind of what my treatment plan options were. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, when I went in, the doctor thought, well, I may need some chemo. But after they went in and actually got the stage of the cancer, um, he basically said if I went, you know, if I did a mammogram, did a um, um, mastectomy, that Mm -hmm. I would not have to have um, chemo. Okay. The radiation was on the table, mm-hmm. but the chemo was off the table if I decided to do a uh, mastectomy. And I don't know if I've said it or not, but I only had the cancer in my left breast. My mm-hmm. right breast was fine. Okay. Um, and so, of course, I opted for that. And uh-huh. I think I opted for it because I I knew your journey with mm-hmm. chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, I also talked to um, Jeanette Gregory. You yeah. put me in contact with her. Amazing. 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 Yes. Um, and just hearing about the chemo, you know, how chemo, the long-term effects of chemo, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, you have your short-term effects and, and you have your long-term effects. And you have the effects so that they me, don't even know about yet. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was like this, this breast is just, um, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I was done having children. I didn't need it to feed them. Um, so I was like, just take it. Uh-huh. Um, the radiation piece though, they made the decision that I wouldn't need it. Um, 
after I went in for, I actually had to go in for an appointment with the, with the, um, I forgot what kind of doctor does the radiation, but yeah, the radiologist. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are basically, again, they looked at my stage and kind of, um, just if they, from an occurrence perspective, what that percentage, what those percentages look like, if it would come back or not. And so they decided I wouldn't need radiation too. Mm -hmm. So of course I went that route. Um, I was prepared to do chemo if I needed to, but hearing that was just a, truly a blessing. Okay. Truly a blessing. And so the surgery that I went with that I had done, it's called DEEP. It's yeah. D-I-E-P. Um, and it's basically where they took the, the fat, the muscles, the blood vessels, and the skin from my stomach, and they kind of do a modified tummy tuck, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. And they create your breasts out of your body, your own body. So I did not, I don't have an implant. So my breast that I have, my left breast is actually formed from my own body. Oh. I call it my food. There my you go. <laughs> I, but, um, I tried, my own body. I tried to get them mm -hmm. to do that. They was like, mm -hmm. you don't have enough fat. And I was like, who are you looking at? Because I see <laughs> plenty around this belly, but oh, yeah. So how was the recovery with that? So recovery was eight weeks. The first four weeks, um, I was, I wouldn't say necessarily like bedridden because I was walking around the, walking around upstairs. I could not go down the stairs. Mm -hmm. So, um, I came up the stairs the first day I, when I came home from the hospital, but, um, I was upstairs for about four weeks and it's truly, um, I was on a few groups like Facebook groups, uh -huh. um, and another group that I was a part of, um, with individual ladies who had had the same surgery and everyone kept saying when you get the week four it's going to be like everything's going to be you know it's going to feel like you're a different person so I just kept waiting for that fourth week and sure enough week four came and I started feeling like mm -hmm. myself um I did have drains so uh -huh. I came home um with drains as well I had because of the type of surgery they cut you from hip to hip, mm -hmm. I had two in my abdomen, lower abdomen area, mm -hmm. and then one in the um, the left breast as well. Um, after that, I was I think I had five other surgeries that year, the same year. Wow! And they were all reconstructive surgeries. Um, so you know, I did went in one time. I did a lift on the right, and I had to go in and re work on the nipple mm -hmm. and on the on the breast that was not. Um, and did not have cancer in it. Uh -huh. And so um, I ended up having about, I, th I think it was five more surgeries after that. Isn't that um, crazy? Yes. It's like, crazy, crazy. But it was all done the year. And now I'm, I love what, I mean. The, <laughs> you love the results, don't the you? The plastic surgeon was amazing. Oh. And I'm like, I need to call him back about his size. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a mommy tuck? And can you put that on my insurance? As can we get this backpack on? <laughs> You did such an amazing job. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I know. I don't, even, I don't even need a referral. I know firsthand what you are capable of doing. So, yeah, so. How, how has recovery been for you? And when I say recovery, I mean mentally, physically, spiritually. How has it been, not just for you, but for your family? I think for, I'll start with me. Um, I think the one thing that people don't realize who have never had cancer is that it's always going to be mental for you. And what I mean by that is yes. that whenever something goes wrong mm -hmm. or something doesn't feel right or look right, like I just had a recent scare two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I had a mole that grew on my right breast mm -hmm. um, and it grew in a matter of like a month. It didn't look like a normal mole. It looked like someone had just splattered something dark on my skin 
and it was on the breast that wasn't affected. So that made me even more worried. I was thinking melanoma, um, melanoma or mm-hmm. some type of skin cancer. Um, and so I had to go into a dermatologist um, and he did a pump. I think it's called a punch biopsy mm-hmm. and um, it just came back benign. But yes. like, when, you know, if, if I hadn't had cancer previously, I probably would not have even, you know, paid attention to that or noticed that mm-hmm. it has also made me a true advocate of my own health. Yes. Um, you know, I preach that you, be an advocate you of your own do, health care. Um, I first had called the oncologist two weeks ago. He couldn't see me until the end of April and I was like, Mm-mm, that's not going to work for me. I know that we're in this crazy environment with this COVID-19, but yeah. I'm like, no, I need to see somebody sooner than that. And mm-hmm. So I called the dermatologist and got in. But you definitely become an advocate for your own health. Um, and I think that even like extends to my family as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always wanting to make sure they're good. If, you know, things are going on, get in, get it checked out. I think um, for my family, my kids, I would say, um, I know it affected them, but I have not really seen, neither one of them were very emotional about it, let me put Uh it that way. So I don't know if it's just because children are so resilient Mm -hmm. and they, you know, they saw me go through it and they saw that I was better. And so they were good once they saw that I was better. I do know that when I came out of surgery that first day, um, Steve and I FaceTime them uh-huh. and they would not look at me like they wouldn't. I was like, you, I can, you, you know, I'm here. You can see my face. Yeah. They would not come into sight into the um, camera. So I don't know if they just didn't want to see me like that uh-huh. or what it was. And then at that time they couldn't come to the hospital. I want us because it was still flu season. Yes. And so they were not allowing children that were 12 and under to come into the hospital. So they couldn't come to the hospital. And I was in the hospital for um, seven, six days. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, you know, that was time that they didn't get to see me. Once I got home and I think they saw that I was good, I was slow. Yeah. um, They were fine. But that's the only time where I really felt like that um, I could see the effect that it had on them Mm -hmm. as well. Um. You said mentally, spiritually. So spiritually, I've always been a woman of faith. Uh Um, So my relationship with God, I think, was just deepened and strengthened through that process. When you are going through that, I mean, that's the only thing you have to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can lose a job and lose money, but all that stuff can be made back, right? But when you're dealing with your health, it's that one thing that you can't control. Like, you have no control over None. where it's going to go, what's going to happen, and so you truly have to trust in God. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that it created moving mountain faith in me. That's oh, what it did. Wow. Like, it, yeah. And I and I think since then, like, I, when stuff comes up, it just, it, it's I not important, right? minutes. 15 minutes. That's all I got. 15 minutes of my energy and my time. And then we not going to matter next week. We moving on. Yeah. I mean, because I have been in a place where I didn't know what the next day was going to hold. Right. And so when you've gone through that and you have things come up that are considered to be what I would call controllable. Yeah. Then you don't, I mean, it it just affects you differently. You don't, yeah. You don't stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So what yeah, about husband, your husband, Steve? Yeah, I was going to say, he always says, I don't worry. He's like, you're just, you just don't seem to worry about anything. And I'm like, I don't worry about things. Things bother me. I uh-huh. said, but I just don't give them a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. I prefer to use that energy on something that makes me happy that I enjoy mm-hmm. versus worrying about something. I think for him, he is the worry wart in our marriage and always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he was a very, he was a great caregiver during that time. Like oh, he that's just amazing. made sure, yeah, I was good. Always just, he's always been kind of like that, even when I'm just sick with like a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing him in that process, um, I later found out in it. And it really touched me. It didn't make me necessarily sad, but it just showed me, I guess, his depth of love and concern. But mm-hmm. he would not cry in front of me. So yeah. he wouldn't, like, get upset or emotional. But he would go to work and cry. Yeah. Um. And so when he told me that, I was like, oh, my gosh, why? He's like, because I didn't want you to get be worried about me. He's like, I want you to be worried about you. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just eye-opening as well. But I just, I mean, when you go through something like that, mm-hmm. it just... I mean, it strengthens the marriage. I mean, you really know, like, who's there for you. He's exactly. going to, he's there. He's going to be there for me. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. I call them snowflakes. Those are the ones uh-huh. that were there at the very beginning. And then they kind of mm-hmm. fell off. Did you have anybody surprise you during this time? Like, surprise you and be there? and Or surprise you and fade away? For whatever reason. Because I find out some people don't know what to say. So they fade away in the background. And then all of a sudden they show up. Or did it strengthen some relationships that you didn't know you had that bond with? I would say from a, from not, I don't think there was anyone that I I thought wasn't going to be there Mm -hmm. that actually was there, right? I think. I think what it did, what it did, is that it showed me how strong my network was. Oh wow! I've always considered myself to be. Um, my motto is, "I'm blessed to be a blessing." Right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't. I just feel like from a, from meeting, like I don't meet a stranger. I'm always, I just know a ton of people, mm-hmm. and you don't realize how much people want to be a blessing back to you mm-hmm. until you're going through this process. So for me, it was just like wow. Like when I did my when I did the meal train and I also set up some play dates for the kids, like yeah. there was not a, not a slot that wasn't filled. Like mm-hmm. we had so much food. Um, and so many, like I got flowers and balloons, you know, just gifts of mm-hmm. all sorts as well. Um, and then, you know, individuals come to pick up the kids and take them to do things. So I think for me, it really like showed the depth of my, or the, the connections, the depth of the connections that I have. Cause you know, you, there are people you don't talk to very often, yeah. like throughout the year. I consider myself to be good friends with people, but I may not just life gets busy and we don't reach out as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even like those relationships of people that were not even here in Charlotte and yeah. how they were still making sure that we were taken care of here. Like it just it spoke volumes to me. Like it just made me realize, OK, God, I feel like I'm doing doing right. I'm mm-hmm. doing what I should be doing. Um and it, it that actually, it felt good. That felt good. So, so what has okay. been your give back? Because I just, I went to, I, I drove all the way from Durham to go yes. to one of your things. It was amazing. Oh, like that's gonna so hang up in my new home. The the art that they yes. were able to create because I didn't create what they created. Well, COVID nineteen <laughs> might have put a little damper on twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did last 
year before last, so back in, it started in 2018. Mm-hmm. I did a um, fundraiser for a group called YSC, Young Survivor Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, Love them. And basically what I did is um, for the month of October, I raised money by doing 30 miles, running, walking, whatever, 30 mm-hmm. miles in the month of October. And I asked people to donate, donate at least a dollar per mile. Okay. Right? So that was part of the fundraiser. The other half of the fundraiser was for... Um, Basically, we went to a place in Mooresville called um, Hip Hip Hooray, mm-hmm. and you go in and you make reefs, paint reefs for your door, beautiful reefs um, that can go on the door. You can actually hang them anywhere in your home. Mm-hmm. And so um, for everyone that painted a, a uh, an item, mm-hmm. there was a $10 donation made to YSC. Oh, wow. So what I did this past year in 2019, I was like, well, I don't want to do it again for me. I want to sponsor another breast cancer survivor. Uh-huh. Um, and so this year, or in 2019, I was able to sponsor my friend, Tony. Yes. Um, she was a one-year survivor. Um, and her organization, it's it's slipping my mind right now. I cannot think of the name of it um, right now. But I, we basically did a donation towards to, to, to that particular organization. Mm-hmm. Um and so I wanted to do the same thing this year, uh-huh. and I was going to have Cassandra as my um, purse, as my um, yes. survivor. But again, I don't know what COVID nineteen is going to do in this environment. So mm-hmm. that's one way I definitely um, like to give back. And then I have just tried to be open to anyone. I've had quite, a, I would say, about ten people have come to me who had friends really? or people they knew that had breast cancer, and just said, "Hey, can you talk to them?" Uh-huh. There was one lady I never met her in person. She um she worked with a with a church member of mine, but she um got my phone number and mm-hmm. we started communicating with each other. So I would text and check on her whenever her surgeries were, and we have still have not met to this day. But we I'll check up on her every now and then. I had another very interesting story. A lady um her name is Darylin. I, I think she wouldn't mind me saying her name, but mm-hmm. um she reached out to me after my plastic surgeon said that she wanted to talk to someone who had had the same surgery done. Mm-hmm. So we ended up talking. She and I actually met right before I was leaving to go out of town on vacation. And I found out she worked at the bank. Oh, wow. She's the a bank, bank American employee. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was just, and she and I see each other probably once every few months. We try to get together for coffee, but it's just amazing, like the relationships and stuff you build with people just based upon your common journey. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, so, it's crazy that you build these relationships with total strangers, mm-hmm, but you have mm-hmm. something in common. In common. And, and then... And your conversation with people who have gone through is totally different than your conversation. Like with my twin sister, I never want her to ever have to experience this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that I can't call her and say the things that's gone on with me and she would totally get it but i can call mm-hmm. you and say girl how's that scar tissue doing oh you oh you're back <laughs> like how is that going how did that nipple oh, thing go and i like swell every time in my abdomen area every time i like work out it's like yeah. i don't want this water here get away <laughs> like how that nipple? <laughs> it's like how's your nipple tattoo like oh who's gonna understand that right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is this your nipple in general? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, having those type of conversations. And it's funny. I always say it's funny that we can laugh at this because I really wanted 
to have you, Cassandra, and my girl Vanessa to all be together mm-hmm. and do a round table because yeah. our experience is so different it and is. how we got through it is so different. We were, but we're all connected, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. And to see that I have four dear friends that mm-hmm. have gone through in, in a different way. It's crazy. I have a picture of you, me and Cassandra mm-hmm. back in the day. And I'm like us three in this picture. Who would have ever thought? Yeah. yeah. I, I would have never, ever. Cause, well, yeah, because when we first met in the mountains that year, you, I mean, you were, yeah. you were I, dating. I was dating. Like, y'all don't even think you were engaged at that <laughs> no. point. So I'm like, yeah. Life was who good. Ever known? Yes. Yeah. Who would have ever known? Well, um, is there anything else you would like to share with with my little audience out here before I let you get back to <laughs> your evening, guys? We have been in the house. How long have you been in the house? Like, um, I've been working from home since March 16th. March 16th is my day too. Are Are you feeling yeah. like you're ready to choke anybody out? Or are you? Yeah, good? <laughs> and I go out to like do the essential shopping. Uh-huh. You know, the good things I need to get. We actually um ate out tonight so I did not have to cook my husband gave me a break from cooking oh a break <laughs> he said I'm gonna give you a break um but I have been so what I have been doing though is getting out and just walking like I've been walking slash running mm-hmm. and then doing some work some weight work workouts too it mm-hmm. just helps me clear my mind it gets me out the house um the weather has been gorgeous so yes. I'm like take advantage of it please take advantage of it um but what I'm realizing is that I like to eat, and so I have to move. Because <laughs> if not, I'm going to go back. I'm going to be on my 600-pound life. I'm I like, said whoever is skinny is going to be fat. Whoever's fat going to be skinny. Gonna be skinny. <laughs> Whoever was sober going to be an alcoholic. I mean, I, I can't call it because I don't know when we're getting out of this house. But I do know that exercise um, definitely it's decreases good. your rate of a yes. reoccurrence. So we need to jump on a bike or walk a mile or do whatever. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time out on a late Thursday night to talk to me. I am planning to do that round table um, because I think it would be interesting for all of us sit together and just be live. This Sunday marks my ninth year. So praise God. So I am interviewing. We're going to have a Zoom party. We're going to have a Zoom party. party. Look, look, this must have been a good interview because I did not even drink out of my normal drinking glass that I make sure I have (laughs) for every podcast that I do. But on that note, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and take a sip. Well, sweetie, I want to thank you um, for sitting with me. And it has been a pleasure being your friend. And I look forward for us doing our little Zoom party probably on Thursday. Have something in your glass. I, I promise I will. <laughs> I will. I have a few bottles. I promise I will. <laughs> All right, then, sweetie. I appreciate you. All right. All right, guys. You're listening to Chemo Glow with Regina. Sound editing is provided by Josh Masters. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Connect with Chemo Glow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find more content at chemoglow.com.